Gaza Brew Show! Yeah! What is up, Magoshi Chinyani? Hey, my man, I am living. I'm feeling good. I had a, I had a quick, brief spell with uh, some serious nausea yesterday for a couple of hours, but I have rebounded and I am back. Are you pregnant? That's what I thought at first, but then I realized that that's never happened before and that I was probably safe. You know, but after... I did scared. Yeah, you know, after um, Christmas and New Year's, uh, my, my belly looked like I was pregnant. You know, I carry all of my weight in the belly. Like, you can see me from behind and, and be like, that dude's in shape. But then just yeah, turn yeah. 90 degrees, and yeah. uh, it's that whole uh, Alfred Hitchcock-looking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock. I know there's uh, a certain segment of the population under 55 years old that will not understand that. <laughs> We're not that old. Um Ah, man, it's one of the greatest of all time, dude. It's uh, amazing movies. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I need to get you know more time for all sorts of reasons, but the uh, I would love to sit and just watch that because it's been a while. I remember watching it as a kid. Anyway, we got a great show today. It is insane in the NBA right now. We have trades. We have. It was like All Star just became like a footnote yesterday. Uh, I hey. was traveling and getting all these texts and updates and then questions and just chaos because apparently Kristaps Porzingis just walked into a meeting and then turned around and walked out in five minutes uh, with the Knicks. Uh, not so happy with them is Kristaps, the unicorn Porzingis, and uh, Dallas jumped up right all over it. Um, teams have been talking with Porzingis and um, the Knicks for a while um, that meeting, I think, was the go f yourself meeting, and uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, then you've got all of the Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving just did a press conference or a uh, press availability where th- you'll be hearing about that probably before this podcast is released later today. Uh, Kevin Durant is obviously tied to all of this trade uh, deadline season is basically here. Um, you know, trade deadlines in about a week. And, uh, yeah, the All-Star selections, you know, kicked off the the usual, this guy should have made it, but you don't mention who shouldn't have made it, which is one of my biggest pet peeves. So, yeah, I don't know about you, Cause, but um, I'm ready to jump right into it. Um, Let the jumping begin. Yeah, let us jump. Um, Porzingis traded to the Mavs. Uh, This deal was was pretty big. It's got a few moving pieces here, but uh, the big piece in return that New York got, uh, at least as far as a player goes, is Dennis Smith Jr., uh, who was yes. basically on his way out of Dallas no matter what. And that was an interesting just sort of sidebar of a story, just kind of see how a second-year player um, and the Mavs, you know, to be fair, both both camps basically said, this isn't working, and I'm actually kind of, uh, I think it was smart that these guys while he has high value decided to move and, and get some value for him and, and then he pushing his way out now gets himself a place in a really good place in New York to, to showcase his talents um, but the other pieces of the deal for New York they got essentially buyout guys and it's a little unclear if they're even going to play in New York 
but Wes Matthews yeah. and De- DeAndre Jordan. Um, and then they got two first-round picks that are going to convey in, like, 2042 or something. No, they're, they're going to convey <laughs> in uh, – as soon as the Mavs get rid of – or they, they convey their pick to Atlanta from the Luka Doncic trade. Uh, Dallas got in return some short-term pieces in uh, Courtney Lee, who has $12.8 million on his contract for next season. And Tim Hardaway Jr., who has 18.2 and 19 million for the next two years, as well. And Trey Burke is the final piece going to Dallas. So, after all that, what were your initial hits about this deal, Kaz? Um, the deal, uh, I think it's working. Um, first of all, the Dennis Smith thing. I, I wanted to talk about that a couple of weeks ago. But I think we missed the show. Um, he, I think, has really dropped. I think his, his attitude really kind of, I think he really lost something. I don't think he's really a true point guard. I think he's more of one of those small twos. Um, and I really think that if he had had a better attitude, I really think that him and Donkic could have worked. I think that a lot of those small scoring guards, where, they, where their careers kind of derail is that they, they're not really point guards and they're forced into that role. Well, here you had a guy who I know he scores a lot, but when I watch him, I'm always way more impressed with his facilitating and his playmaking and his ability to run the point. So I think if he had come in instead of being so you know butthurt that he wasn't going to be the, the star of the team and really just kind of embrace what was happening, I think that he, he, he could have made things happen there. But um, I, I, I think that it is good that he's gonna, for him that he's going to get to New York and uh, – display uh, his talents for at least um uh you know this half of the season of we'll talk about Kyrie later but if if somehow he finds his way there he'll be on the move again so um, <laughs> that's why I don't know for Dennis Smith I don't know like he, he might he should he shouldn't buy too much uh too many uh furniture items uh for his new place you know um well- well, what, what I what I think is really intriguing about Dallas in that situation is they could have had a really weird inverted lineup because if you consider Luka Doncic the primary ball handler and then you have Dennis Smith Jr. as a secondary ball handler and you bring in a defensive point guard, you know, or or try to um, you know otherwise leverage the fact that you're you're bigger player and Luka Doncic is the point guard you can do some things a la Marcus Smart in Boston where you get the you know the benefits of the defensive point guard but you don't necessarily want them um, as a high usage player and, and I find that to be interesting anytime like in a Ben Simmons situation in Philadelphia you know you could really beef up that that point guard position defensively with a three and D type player and um, you know just be weird about it um, I, I it's Especially when you consider somebody like a Luka Doncic isn't going to be able to check the opposing opposing point guard, and you're going to be stuck in cross matches pretty much all game anyway. <clears throat> Just some food for thought there. Um, as far as the, the the trade itself goes, people have been talking about you know who won and who lost, and you know New York. Let's stay there. They gave up a player that's really highly coveted essentially because they couldn't get along with him and they couldn't show any sort of stability in the front office. And you you got a guy in Scott Perry who's been brought in 
Steve Mills is still the president, and of course you got Jim Dolan, the owner there. And when you look at this, you don't know who's making the decisions. I mean, honestly, yeah. I have no idea. Scott Perry is supposed to be the guy. He's the guy that's got all the contacts around the league, the media. You know, with, with Mills, I think people are pretty much fed up with Mills around the league, mostly because he carried water for Dolan for so long. Dolan, who knows what his deal is? Is he putting his finger on his thumb on the scales with all of these decisions? So you you get Dennis Smith Jr. and you create cap space for seventy one million dollars. I think the 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 big message you hear out of the the New York beat writing crew, which by the way, is greatly honest. I love those guys. I love Frank Asola. Whatever you guys think about him, I love Frank Asola, and, and I love um, what's his name out of. Uh, the New York Daily News. <clears throat> I will remember his name in a second here. They just tell it how it is. Um, Stefan Bondi. Stefan Bondi. Thank you very much. Brain's working today. Oh, and a great time because I have not had enough coffee. As mentioned, our show sponsor, we should have done it at the beginning of the show, but not enough coffee, is Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Greatest coffee in the world. Go get some. All right. We're, we're moving on. Um, what are you thinking about this deal? I mean, two first-round picks, you open up $71 million in cap space. The prevailing talk out of New York is that it's a huge gamble because they basically need to land Kyrie and Kevin Durant in order to make this work. Are you buying that sentiment? You know, I, I don't. I don't think that um, – I don't, I don't know. I, I think they have as good a chance of getting those two as, uh, you know, as uh, – European, you know, team in Italy does. I mean, I, I mean, who knows? Who knows if they really want to go there? What has changed over the last when the when the Knicks got beat by the um, by the Spurs in the finals twenty years ago? What has changed over there? It's been a rotating of coaches and GMs. Only consistent thing is uh, Dolan was a terrible owner. Um, I, I certainly I've heard Ky- uh, Kawhi's name floated. And he certainly isn't going to go there. I, I think that that's beyond laughable that he, coming from the Spurs, would ever associate himself with such an absolute dumpster fire of an organization as the Knicks. Um, now, if Ego is driving this thing and Durant and Kyrie want to go there, that's that's perfectly fine. But I, I just don't, I just don't see that. I I, I understand. It's it's a it's a it's a big gamble. You're giving up Porzingis, but at the same time, Porzingis is never healthy, showing huge signs that he's going to be a you know 50, 55 game a year guy. Um, so in some respects, I don't think maybe it wasn't much of a gamble. Maybe, maybe as, as talented as he is, maybe you think like if if he's the best player on your team, or the number you know the number two, you're not getting anywhere in the next few years anyway. Um, but I think that for for Dallas, I think that ugh, I don't know. I, I I I think this is going to be a a less significant trade on both sides than it may appear. It's a it's a big trade because of the names, but I don't know that it necessarily like I don't think that Donkic and Porzingis five years from now is necessarily going to be a slam dunk, one of the best two tandems in the league. Because I just don't think that Porzingis is going to be around for most of the season. So it's more of a health issue with Porzingis. Um, oh, absolutely. 
we've seen on the court what he can do. He, he, I mean, he's a very gifted player. If you told me, like, if you told me uh, Christoph Porzingis is going to play 75 games for the next, um, you know, five years, I'd like that's a then it's a complete and total steal. No, no questions asked. I mean, they absolutely killed this deal. Well, um, I mean, they also gave a lot in this deal when you consider the two first round picks. I, I yes. I'm 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 really there's an easy path to draw between Dallas giving up some pretty good real estate and you know cuz Luka Doncic is great you know let's see how he matures as well I think a lot has to be said for his ability to defend at at a high sure. level That's 3 absolutely. to 4 years from now when you come into the league you got young legs and yeah it goes away in like 2 to 3 years so yeah. I mean, let's see how that works. But, you know, an injury to him or, like you said, Przingis, and now they are really hurting. And um, yeah. maybe they're banking on the fact that they'll never tank and it, it, the picks yeah. they'll give up will always be in the 10 to 15 range. You know, um, but, but that, the, thing is, the thing is they draft well. They yeah. draft well. Oh, yeah, and those picks are valuable. I mean, and that's where I think that where it's funny for New York, New York never drafts well. <laughs> so people are like, Oh my God, New York! You know they could get uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and they'll still uh, they still have two first pick, two first round picks coming. It's like, yeah, no, they just got Kyrie and Kevin Durant because they're gonna screw those up. I mean, not to I, I, Knox, I think is is fine. He, he's fine, but the history of their drafting has not been great. It's not a. It's not a. It's not like if if Dallas or the Spurs gets a bunch of picks, no matter where they are, you're like they're gonna get some pretty good players. You know, <laughs> you cannot say the same for New York. So, you know, we'll see. But for Dallas, it's a big. It's a big deal giving up those picks because they always draft well. There are a lot of tributaries to this story because um, I mean, you could even just look at the buyout players. There's already a room out, rumor out there that Wes uh, Matthews is willing to get bought out and that the Rockets are interested in him. Um, yeah. That could be a huge, that could be huge. Um, or a lot of those were DeAndre too. I think. Well, I, I was think thinking was... about DeAndre. So, like, imagine if you know Capella wasn't hurt, was hurt or maybe wasn't performing as much as they would like. I mean, you throw DeAndre Jordan in that lineup, things get a lot more interesting. Um, yeah. So the, the that side of the buyout market's interesting. It was great. Uh, Ennis Cantor had a tweet. It was one of those, like, thinking faces that people use on Twitter or wherever to let you know that whatever is being talked about is incredibly moronic. And it was uh-huh. uh, Mills, and no, it was um, Scott Perry, pardon me, saying that, they really wanted to make sure that they offered the the young guys some veteran assistance, and and Ennis is just like, "What are you talking about, dude? Like, you guys wouldn't even play me." <laughs> he also got memed because he he got back on the floor the other night when their handling of Ennis Cantor has been so stupid. I can't even begin to talk about it. But he gets on the the New York Knicks home floor, kisses it, <laughs> <laughs> and then airballs his first shot. I, I I like Ennis Cantor as a player a lot more than you do, but I love Ennis Cantor uh, as a person. Like that dude is like you talk about like somebody that if I had to have like a beer with somebody, oh like, yeah, I'm gonna sit down with. I mean that guy is phenomenal. Ennis, I mean like he did the whole like I I I, I raised rafters, you know I raised <laughs> raised banners in the stadium. Let me kiss the floor. That is so beautiful, man. 
He's awesome. Well, that's. I think the NBA has really had a great week, and it's funny. It's happening during Super Bowl week. Um, it's just had this like great week. There's so much star potential or star power in the league. Like even just like what is Ennis Cantor like on a good team? Like the fifth man, sixth man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's he's out there. You know, just giving you giving you news headlines, and uh, it's great. Oh. I love the NBA, um, and and we're gonna get a lot. I I, I don't I mean everybody for the last four years says the trade deadline is gonna suck, and for the most part it has, and and we're seeing early stuff happen. But I mean, <clears throat> and we'll get into this in a second. But like Anthony Davis sitting out there as the big domino is is just this amazing story. Um, you know, we, we will get into the nuts and bolts of that in a second. And the entire league is on edge as these big pieces move prior to free agency. And, um, you know, Dallas, they they get Courtney Lee. They get Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, they'll probably play those guys, if I had imagined, um, you know, trying to never tank. Um, though there's really no incentive, I don't think for them to win games at this point. They don't really have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, this deal, um, I guess to put a bow on it, do you you sign off on this deal? Because a lot of people around the league are saying that they just rolled the Knicks on this thing. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say. I, 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 I would lean toward that they won it because um, just so many things have to happen uh, down the road for... Um, you know, for uh, the Knicks to win it. Like, they have to land the free agents. They have to draft well. Um, but for Dallas, I mean, even a guy like, you know, a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr., he's going to have a very efficient time there. He He's going to be able to, you know, he's been asked to basically be the best scorer on the Knicks, and there's no one in their right mind that would consider him a number one option. Well, now he slides down to, like, the third, fourth option, on a team with a great coach who's great at offensive scheming. So he's going to have a very nice uh, rest of the season. We'll have an even better beginning to next season. And then, oh, look, trade deadline comes up. He's got an expiring contract. So I think in, from those things, like Dallas has won, even if you're only getting in Porzingis, a guy that's going to be healthy 55 games a year, they, they've still, even though they gave up the two picks, they're still kind of putting in the, themselves you know, in the position to, to to make things happen. So even in like- the even in the the Courtney Lee situation, similarly, yeah. um, this is classic Knicks stuff. They let him rot on the bench. I'm not buying the neck injury. I don't know about you. I mean, oh. maybe maybe he had some neck thing, but like you at get, some point, at some point, right? Courtney Lee could easily. You know, get picked up by a contender halfway through next sure. season, as well. So that's a really um, good, solid pro. Absolutely, <laughs> you know what you're you know what you're gonna get. You know, in those playoff games, he's gonna give you good D. He's gonna hit open shots. He's gonna, gonna play within himself. I mean, there's there's yeah. Give me a break. And, and, <laughs> and last thing on Dennis Smith Jr. I, I, nobody's really brought this up. But the knock on him coming into the league is his teammates at NC State didn't like him. Yeah. And yeah. That, that, I'm surprised that hasn't been thrown out there. The, the one good thing I'll say about the Mavs, well, I guess that's not just the one good thing, but the, the one good thing in this situation or a good thing in this situation is that they didn't trash him. You know, yes. I, I really don't like it when an organization just starts trashing a guy on the way out and – 
that um, it didn't happen. So uh, hats off to the Mavs and hats off to Dennis Smith Jr.'s camp too because they didn't really trash the Mavs either. What's What's funny about that when they, when they want to trash a guy, it doesn't help you as an organization. I've never understood that. Like you, you're trashing a guy, like, oh, he's lazy, he's this, and you haven't even traded him yet. And then now you're just taking assets off the table for the other team. I've never understood that. Yeah, you know? it's it's the it's sign of a good organization, is what it is. Is they understand that this is a business, and you can't go trashing, you know, everybody on the way out the door. It's kind of business one hundred and one, uh, right. unless it's warranted. There are situations where what's his name in uh, in half baked when he when he uh, announces he's quitting the fast food joint. What is his name? Scarface, I think, in uh, half baked. F you, f you, f you. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's warranted. All right. Um uh, <laughs> let's shift let's shift gears here. Anthony Davis is obviously the big story in the NBA and will be until he is eventually dealt. Um this is a really complicated situation because you've got a football team that owns a basketball team basically. Uh you've got an owner that's passed his uh wife Gail Benson, we're talking about the late Tom Benson, who owns both or owned the, both the Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, Benson is, um, you know, he 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 picked up that team and, um, you know, basically sort of resuscitated it in a weird way. Hasn't done anything great with it. GM Del Demps has not done a good job uh, throughout the years. Really, ton of questionable moves. Anthony Davis did not win in New Orleans, and how much of that you want to put on him is, um, you know, some degree of a hot take. The the, the camp for AD has uh, represented by Rich Paul, who is tight with uh, LeBron James and Clutch Sports. You know, everybody around the league is complaining about that relationship. It's got too much power, and news to everybody, nothing's ever going to change. Um... Anthony Davis wants to play in L.A. That's what I believe. I'm reading all of the tea leaves and the reports. And reports by you know Woj and others that essentially say that. So it's not like a, a big leap of, of faith there to, to say that. Um, but you have a team like Boston who has a ton of assets um, that's willing to fire away. And the interesting thing about Boston is they cannot uh, really acquire Davis unless Kyrie Irving is not on the team. And it comes the uh, the CBA rule about having these designated exceptions for star players. You can only have one of them on the team at a time. Um, Boston has made no secret that they're going to back up the Brinks truck to get Anthony Davis over the summer. New York, they want to make a play. Um, they've got cap space. Uh, they 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 desperately need a an, an, uh, franchise-changing player. So does everybody else. Um, this is, to me, boiling down to whether or not the Lakers can make a one of those Zillow make-me-move offers to the Pelicans because, and, and I might not be right on this, they're willing to wait it out till the summer, and I don't know that they're going to put him back on the basketball court because I wouldn't put him back on the basketball court if I'm the Pelicans. You have nothing to gain. I mean, yeah, all you can do is help you his win. His, yeah, with his history too. I mean, I, I would, I just can't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But now would be he has said he wants risk. to play, 
And I think that's player speak in one of these situations for I'm already uncomfortable with my trade demand that I got fined by the league for. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think Anthony Davis is the kind of guy that really is like I'm gonna play hardball with you. I think he wants to play basketball, and you know he knows where he wants to play. Um, it's not comfortable, you know, when you've been drafted by a team, and you know he took his teammates all out to dinner and and sort of pre telegraphed what was gonna happen. He wants everybody to like him. He is gonna get booed at home, I believe. Yeah. So really uncomfortable situation. Um, I don't see why you put him back I on think, the floor. I think, I think as more comes out, he'll get booed. I think, I think the initial, from what I heard, the initial thing from New Orleans fans was that you know they're throwing up. They were throwing a lot of it at a um, Dempsey's uh, door, but I think that's quickly. Uh, if it's not already moved, moving very quickly towards um, him and Rich Paul. Um, yeah, the whole thing is just. You know, this is again, like you said, it's uncomfortable. He's not this this whole game of you know putting your stuff out in the media and playing hard. But there's only certain guys that are actually really comfortable with that, and I just can't imagine that he's. I mean, just listening to him from interviews, he just seems like a really nice kid, and that you know this is not really his thing. But you know, if you want to dance down that road, you got to be got to be ready for it. Um, I don't know uh, what the Lakers are going to do. Um, I think they'd rather have, have them in rather sooner than later, but I, I kind of feel like, you know, if I'm a Kawhi or if I'm a Durant or if I'm a Clay Thompson, I don't know that I want to go to the Rich Paul-owned Lakers. That's just, mm. that's just me. So to me, if you're going to go in and make this this move for Anthony Davis – you're to me. I don't think that you have a chance of acquiring acquiring another really good player. So this is it. You 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 better believe that Anthony Davis and LeBron and some key, you know, role playing veterans are going to be the that are going to come in, you know, on the cheap or whatever. You better believe that that's going to get it done. Because I don't think. I mean, I wouldn't want to be there. Certainly, I think he would completely take you out of the Kawhi uh, Leonard running. Um. I don't think that that's the kind of thing, you know, I just don't think people want to have, certainly not Clay. I mean, that's completely out of the, the water. You know, I don't think they have much chance anyway with him, but but even if they did, coming from an organization like the Warriors, now you're going to go to an organization where it's where they're going to get rid of the coach that you like in Luke Walton and have acquiesced the power, much like Cleveland did, to one guy and his agent. Um I, I just I just don't think the guys that they're interested in are going to want to come there. It really speaks to how well the the Warriors have um, turned out, and and the uh, the other thing is how how much Steph Curry brings to that organization just by being sort of easy to deal with, and um, right. that you know Clay as well. The the two of them really allow they they absorb so much of whatever Draymond's going to bring, whatever KD's going to bring, whatever DeMarcus... I mean, you don't even hear problems out of the DeMarcus Cousins situation, and though it's early and all of that, but it's... Um, and then you, you you just go a few miles south, and here is Rich Paul essentially trying to take over the L.A. market. Um, you know, financially, it all makes sense, but with LeBron, it's never simple. With, with Clutch, it's never simple. Um, you've got Magic Johnson and Jeannie Buss trying to resist that. 
maybe they they sense that that, that might not be the best path um, assets wise like Brandon Ingram Kyle Kuzma Alonzo Ball I mean do you shuttle all three of them for Anthony Davis uh, I think that they will. Um, I, I, you would you would like to not, but I think that, I mean, certainly Lonzo Ball. I mean, and I know LeBron speaks highly, and I think LeBron genuinely likes him. But if you have a choice of major minutes on the floor with with uh, Lonzo Ball or Josh Hart, for LeBron, it's Josh Hart all day. <laughs> you know, he's just a way better shooter. He's he's a better defender. It just it just makes LeBron's job easier. So I can't imagine that any scenario where he, unless the, unless the Pelicans just don't want him, um, which I don't think is the case, uh, I, I would I would assume that he's certainly going to go. Um, Ingram has been the one that probably has played the worst with LeBron. So uh, and he has shown you know that he can be a you know somewhat dominant scorer. So you'd have to figure he's going to go. The, the thing is Kuzma, though. Kuzma's the one I'm sure that they are going to kick and scream to keep in the building. But he's a guy that with that with his attitude and his, how hard he plays and his ability to score in different ways, I, I mean, if you're the Pelicans, I mean, you're not even going to listen to that conversation, you know, if he's not a part of it. So I would think that all three of them are going to go, you know. Because what are you gonna? I mean, you gonna wait? Are you really gonna wait to the summer for Boston to come knocking? You don't know what Danny Ainge is gonna do. He's much better at this game, certainly than than uh, than Magic and um, Rob Lowe. So <laughs> I, I, would, I, I would. To me, uh, I, I <laughs> thank you. I don't know if I've heard any. Is that that's got to be a thing, right? I've never heard anybody say it, but I can't. That was the first thing I thought this because I hadn't seen Palinka since you know probably since he left Michigan, you know? And then when I saw him, I'm like, oh, my God, that guy kind of looks like Rob Lowe. That's all I've <laughs> ever thought when I've seen him, and he kind of talks like him, too. It was, And, and I'm like, why hasn't anybody said anything about this? <laughs> <laughs> totally. He does have his mannerisms, so it's, it's pretty it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. you'd think it'd be you a way be great as if you would find out at a later date that he actually practiced the mannerisms because he just wanted to look like <laughs> Rob Lowe. <laughs> He grew up in that 80s era. He's like, that's my hero, man. Rob Lowe, man. Rob Lowe's had a pretty good career. Um, All right. So uh, now New York, you know, kind of comes into focus because you have Kyrie Irving this morning. Basically, (laughs) he said, I don't know anybody. I can't can't swear on the podcast. Can I swear? I hate hesitating on a swear. It's just so lame. Anyway. He's basic. I feel like they the writing's on the wall in Boston for for Kyrie. Like, do you want to make this guy a big fat deal when you don't know how much he's going to play? He's sort of like the 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 weird stuff we've talked about on previous shows where the the young guys are like, yeah, you might not be around here, old man. Plus, you do a lot of stupid stuff. Why why are you telling me how to play? And there's always that leader that tries to lead everybody that really can't captivate anybody <laughs> and <laughs> you know always always and so um his comments today about not only owing anybody shit thank you very much and also um saying that the that the Celtics were in the lead 
in keeping his services. Yeah. Like, I mean, just a little bit, like, not, almost as if he feels that the Celtics have moved on or he knows he has a plan to get to New York and maybe he and Kevin Durant already know that they want to get to New York. I mean, yeah. that's... Sam Amick of The Athletic wrote a piece saying that this is about as real as it's ever gotten. Um, does this... I mean, there's so many tectonic uh, plates shifting here, but does this... I mean, what, let's go with odds. Uh, what are the odds that you think this happens in New York? I know earlier in the show you said that, that it couldn't happen or that it, you know, that it was very low chance. Like, if no, that... I, I didn't, didn't, I didn't mean it like that. I just... I mean, I've been hearing people every every uh, time the Knicks have some money. Every hello. Oh yeah, you're here. Okay, every time the Knicks have some money, everyone says, "Well, they're certainly going to be able to get one of these agents." <laughs> and outside of Carmelo, it's never really happened. But, but aren't and these that, two that, like the cool. like? Aren't these two the the perfect sort of like almost dysfunctional candidates to go to New York? Yes, yes, they are. They are. Um, can you think of two players that like they don't mesh at all? Like, can you see these two meshing? I I can't. Of course, I don't know. They both, I mean, like the turn. Like Kyrie in Boston, offensively, it's just not working. You know, I know they have some good games here and there, but as a team, they are not maximizing the talent they have. No, and it's it's Kyrie. Because he, I mean, he likes the, the the take turn offense. You know, he likes it. Kevin Durant likes it. That's true. I so mean, as far you're, as you're players, right. And, and it's you know, as opposed to when he had it with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook was a, a, still isn't a very good one, but he was still a terrible spot up shooter. Kyrie Irving can stand in a corner and knock down shots. So as a, if, if you if that's where you feel most comfortable, I think it will work from that perspective now all the other stuff i don't know like who I mean, takes the who, shot in the fourth quarter <laughs> i mean you might see like you know kevin durant get switched on to like you know enos Cantor, and kyrie irving literally run up to him and try to steal the ball out of his hands because he wants to shot you know those two are just going to be weird in that kind of um setting what yeah, weird in the leadership setting? Can you imagine who who's going to yeah. talk about the team after the game? Like that's, oh. I mean, it's going to be must see TV if that happens. Yeah, and and I mean, you'd want to talk about isolating guys. I mean, you, but between those two, I mean, you're going to have to really move in a very strong veteran type of um, locker room way, and I just don't know that they're going to have the money to do that you know well, um, money and also like what vets want to come and listen to a couple guys that <laughs> don't know really kind of like how to handle that role like yeah i mean it's one thing to go in and listen to lebron who can get a little preachy or whatever and you know he's been there he's won championships he's he's lebron but like you go a few Oh, actually, uh, more than a few steps down the ladder to those two, and um, I, I don't know. I mean, I know veterans probably will play for you know anybody because it's a really big paycheck, and you know New York's a great city. 
and all that. But, you know, you're, you're talking about championship veterans that are, you know, looking for that perfect situation. Um, so, you know, with the, the Kyrie, how this backs into the AD situation is <clears throat> if Kyrie knows that Boston is all in on Anthony Davis, maybe this is why he's a little pissed off today. And sure. that is sort of a tell that Kyrie might be out one way or another. Because once the, the bridges are burned, you know, once you know, hey, look, you've prioritized Anthony Davis over me. I'm supposed to be here for me. You know, maybe right. that is the sign that he moves out. And, um, you know, Boston, again, sort of sitting there with assets to burn. Right. And how do they handle... Like, I guess, can the Lakers make a compelling offer for Anthony Davis and really force Boston's hand to try to do something? Like, I, I kind of think this could be like a blockbuster situation where maybe you move Kyrie Irving early. And I, yeah. Can, so can they move him at a deadline? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I'll look it up. Goes to Stat Boy. Let's go. Yeah, you know, because we brought that up. We didn't bring up moving him early, but maybe possibly, you know, in the summer, not re-signing him or, you know, some sort of signing trade or something. But um, things could get dicey here in the next few weeks. I, I, I have a tough time feeling that Danny Ainge is going to do anything that's going to um, put, you know, himself in peril. Um where would you move him? I guess would be the question. Did you try to? The answer is he- yes, they can deal, and there's no provision that says that they can't. And yeah. it, another thing that's sort of making this trade deadline interesting is because New Orleans is essentially fire sailing. They've said that basically everybody's available, and I don't think they've gone yeah. so far as to say Drew Holiday is available. But I mean, Nikola Mirotic is a great piece for a lot of different teams. Uh, Julius Randle, same thing there. Um, So... You you kind of think that you... You kind of feel like... Yeah, Julius Randle is very interesting. I think he's having... I think he's, you know, playing very well. Um, So they have not said that Drew Drew Holiday is available. It's... They have um, not... at Boston, uh, here's the other problem for Boston. This is where Boston, I think, is really... They've been walking this tightrope for a while, is that they have so many assets. Everybody knows that. They're kind of dealing from a position of everybody knowing they have to make a deal at some level. Right. Um, they also have a piece in Gordon Hayward that's basically upside down. And yeah. the jury is out on whether or not next season he gets some sort of athleticism... And, and really effectiveness back. Um, right. That's a huge blow for, uh, you know, their cap sheet. Yeah. A lot. There's just a lot going on. I, and I do think, though, that, you know, the Lakers, they've got to come to a position. And, and, and here's the thing with the Lakers. They also got to give up picks. You know, it's not just about these players. They right. also got to give up picks, and they've got to be able to force New Orleans' hand, who, by the way, Anthony Davis is sending out feelers that he's not going to – extend with anybody else other than the Lakers and the question becomes would he really hold up to that if he landed in a Boston where they've got a great core Um, 
it's just a lot. I mean, who knows? I haven't checked the wire since we've, we've been recording here. <laughs> so, so much could change in the next, uh, you know, week in the NBA. Yeah, I, 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 him saying that to me means nothing. You know, like that he's not going to extend with anybody but the Lakers. I mean, if he gets there and him and Tatum are hitting it off, um, there's no way that and, – and they make, a, you know, a serious, serious run. It's all about where you, where you finish, you know. And if Boston thinks that if, – if Boston thinks that, that they can, you know, get to the, to the finals and, he, and they get him there, you know, who's going to leave? I mean, especially being in the East, that, that's the key. If it was a West team, it's different because it's such a grind. But in the East, I mean, you're talking Toronto just this year, possibly, and Philly. And that's it. I mean, Milwaukee is tough. I, mean, I don't want to slant Milwaukee yet. I'm sorry. They are the, they are the best team <laughs> in the East right now. But um, They also have two, know, two, two great players that want to be there. Chris Middleton yeah. went on a rant the other day about how he wants to be there and how Giannis yeah. wants to be there. Yeah. And it's, when you so, have a player like a Giannis that's easy to have – you know, it makes it a lot easier, a la Golden State, you know, to balance other players. And it and it's kind of it's kind of funny though, because you can't like I, I you know I the thing out of the Davis campus, you know, I want to have a chance of winning, have a chance of I want to have it. You know, when you are not like beating the drum as loud as possible that this is the place you want to stay, and you're one of those high end players, it's really hard to do things from an organizational standpoint. If there's always a rumor that you're out the door and there's always the thought that well, if they don't make a splash this that might make him leave like you never even hear that from Giannis maybe like two years ago but no one's even no one nobody is saying anything of like well you know if they get eliminated in the first round that might make Giannis unhappy it's, well, that's it, not coming out it because up- he's 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 beating the drum. He's the leader of the I'm staying in Milwaukee. Also, Whether it's true or not, he's the one beating that drum. Well, also, he's that's his mentality. It's his makeup. Like, he really just wants to be the best player in the league, and he probably wants to be the best player in history, knowing Giannis. And with Anthony Davis, the criticisms early and you know, probably to a lesser degree currently in his career is the lack of initiative shown to be that alpha and to right. demand the ball and to, you know, get in teammates ears about whatever the hell it is they're doing at any point in time. He is right. a little bit more relaxed about things. And there's a lot of people who question, look, you know, if you're this great, you know, what, why aren't your teams, you know, LeBron can go drag people, you know, who are, basically done in their NBA career and drag the team to 48 wins. Right, right. And the, you know, the Pelicans have had decent players. I mean, there's been a ton of mistakes, obviously, but that's the concern. And, um, but still, he's a generational talent and you just never know. You could drop him in with a good team. And, I mean, hell, we don't have time for this in this show, but, man, look at the Warriors with DeMarcus Cousins. Like... They're just annihilating teams with him on the floor. He doesn't even look good yet. It's uh, yeah, no, that's it's, it's what we you know. It's uh, this is this is their best their their best days, right? Their best life. This is this is when they're this is what we thought 
if everything was perfect, which it's early in the situation, so everything is perfect, this is what we imagined the high end could be. And so um, we'll see what happens. But there's still a long way before the playoffs. But yeah, back to uh, Davis and the comparison to like, Giannis, you know, as far as mentality goes, when, when like Giannis makes you feel his presence in the game. Like when you, when you, beat, when you beat the Bucks, you know you got it. You, you, you're, you, people that walk off the court after beating the Bucks go, man, that Giannis dude is, whew, he's tough. I, I don't want to. Good thing I have to play him uh, four times in a in a playoff series. But Anthony Davis, sometimes he just, you know, hey, <laughs> he just he got the twenty points somehow. But like, you know, the, you didn't have to double team that much. You, you know, it just, you know, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't throw his weight around the way you would want a guy that should be a, a super max type guy and lead your organization. He just doesn't do it. La- uh, last thing on uh, AD, and it, it is about his weight. I, I really wonder about the next five years for him. He His body has transformed. Um, you know, his first few years in the league, he was extremely lean and, and was this just unimaginable force in terms of athleticism and now he's gotten a lot bigger stockier stronger um you know his dribbling ability is really almost hidden because he's so much better with the dribbling and the shooting that he can get shots off and he, he is way more effective now than he used to be in that regard but he is stocky, man, and like some of the alley oop stuff, some of the defensive stuff, the block numbers, you know, they are all, you know, showing that that you know mileage that 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 players show. And so I do wonder, does he morph into? I don't want to say Demarcus Cousins, but you know, a big man whose core competency is the fact that he's both big and can shoot. You know, and turning into a stretch five without that post presence that he had previously had. And now, where does that put him in terms of these upper echelon elite players? You know, and and you just gave if you're the Lakers, you know, two of the three out of those guys and a couple first rounders, or you're Boston and you give up on a Jason uh, or probably a Jalen Brown. You know, you give up some picks. You you give up you know a couple other good players as well. What are you getting when you buy Anthony Davis? Um, fascinating stuff. Uh, quickly, Conley in Utah, would that change anything for you with them? Because let, let me tell the readers or the listeners, Conley and Rubio are a rumor at this point. There's nothing going there, but you know Utah had the slow start, and now they're kind of coming back together. Would, would that make? Would that give them teeth in the West? I think it would probably make them a better team I think uh, but you know Conley again his availability is an issue so is he a better player yes he's better pretty much at everything and I think it would take away a lot of the usage of um, the kid which I think would be a good thing I think he is asked to do too much and I don't know that he has the the game to do it yet you know um when you know that he's going to be shooting the ball, you know, 30 times or whatever he's doing right now. Um, so I, I think you're getting a better player, but it's his availability. I think it would, I think it would make them a much more difficult team in a playoff series with a healthy Conley as opposed to Rubio. I'll take I, that. I, as, I, for, I, 
I firmly believe, yes, that would make them tougher. I'll, I'll, I'll take it as, into, as a, into the upper echelon, but but it does add something. Well, and it, I think it's interesting though that um, you know what would it do to chemistry? Uh, I think they like Ricky Rubio in that locker room, and yeah, they've, oh, they've, yeah. been, they've been in a bunker together for a couple years now. Um, and and this is a good I time. Think, oh, oh, go ahead. I think for them, I would, I would. I would shy away from it just because it is such a gamble with Conley's health. And one thing Utah has going for it is their loyalty to players that come in and do their job. And I oh, think yeah. that if they ever have a chance of landing, you know, some other star at any point, that's going to be something. It's going to take the star with the right personality. But that thing that these guys, if, if I do my job here, they're going to reward me. And if you get rid of, uh, Ricky Rubio just for a gamble uh, you, you lose a lot of that cash in so yeah and, and speaking of loyalty they are flat out pissed I think it was the president of the jazz tweeted something that had like a bunch of typos in it or at least a typo in it and you could tell he was bad <laughs> when he was typing yeah, uh, <laughs> that Rudy Gobert didn't make the all-star team so it's that season cause we got a little bit of time here um, oh, yes. quickly quickly yes. we'll rattle off in case you hadn't heard the uh, the all-star teams are this you got team LeBron in the West with Steph Curry James Harden Paul George Kevin Durant and LeBron starting and in the East you have Giannis with Kyrie Irving Kemba Kawhi and Embiid as your starters um, if at any point in time you are offended by any of those people starting, cause feel free to weigh in at the end. Um, in the West, the reserves were announced. We have uh, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Russell Westbrook. Let's start in the West here. Um, you got uh, one, two, three, four, maybe four players there that I think aren't like locks. I, my locks were Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, and Lillard, um, Clay, Cat, LMA, and Westy are my four iffies. Um, is that how you see it? You said Clay. Who else? Clay, Cat, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Westbrook. Like Lamarcus Aldridge and Westbrook for me are the two that are definitely questionable. When I look at Cat and Clay, uh, I, I, I go. Yeah, they should be in it, but I I might argue like Gobert over. I don't know about I don't know about Cat. I mean I don't know. I, I I don't think that he's such a lock. I like Clay, um, Aldridge. I don't know. I you know I don't know that to me it's kind of one of those things that I don't think there's such a thing as an all star snub. You know you either you either put down the resume or you don't, and um. You know, Gobert is, you know, he's not doing as much as he used to. Let me, let me <laughs> and throw, they got off to a slow start. So. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, now, Gobert, I think, statistically has had a fine year, and, and they did get off to a slow start. And that, I think, is important. Like, you know, there's such a recency bias for people, you know. In the Absolutely. East, D'Angelo Russell's getting that. You know, like, he had a terrible first two months of the season. Like, Forever, yeah. Like, a gross, <laughs> like, you can't. Like pe- like peel the skin off your eyelids like that was terrible I cannot watch that um, and, and the same goes for Russell Westbrook I mean his first couple months I mean Ooh. what I mean just shooting just terribly taking bad shots not defending a lick I mean 
that to me is a reputation uh, thing going on there. But yeah, Gobert, you know, they were flat out pissed and said so, and and you know, a lot of people around the league are, are calling for coaches' ballots to be released um, after the fact. <laughs> Other snubs, Donkic. Um, Draymond Green, I don't think really is a snub, but he's being mentioned as one. Tobias Harris will almost always be forgettable for some reason. Um, I my one of my my snubs would be Drew Holiday or Stephen Adams. Even um, you know Stephen Adams is thankless, if, if yeah, you ask me. I don't think any. I mean, I don't think that Doncic is enough. I mean, like I, it kind of just depends on how you view the All Star Game. I mean, if you don't care about winning, then like. Sure, like Donkic is having a nice season, and uh, and he's a rookie. I wouldn't. Yeah, have, I, I wouldn't know. have him on. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't know. Yeah, you know, Westbrook is just flat out played pretty horrible the first, <laughs> the first chunk of the. I mean, there was a stretch of games where I happened to watch OKC, and I don't think I've seen. A player as good as him play as stupid down the stretch of like two or three ball games in a row, um, where he literally lost the game. Each of these games, he lost for them. It's been bad. Um, like, and yeah, his free so, throw shooting is is you're starting to see him crumble a little bit. He's he's had a good week this week, but like he's he's, um, he's very fortunate that you know Paul George. I, and I'm glad that everyone acknowledges that the best player on the team is Paul George right now. <laughs> like, you know, because he has really saved. Talk about a guy um, who does what, better in a number two role. My God. And he's now the number one. But, you know, Westbrook acts as if he's the number one on the court. That's it. Uh, I, I missed that whole thing. Yeah, no, uh, the, the number two, the Paul George, back. we've always talked about here that he's he's better fit for a number two role. Right. And he's uh, in that role, though. Now he's sort of a, a, uh, he's jumped up into a number one role. And, uh, right. you know, congrats to Paul George for that. Um, you know, I would have Buddy Heald in. And I know a lot of people haven't watched Buddy Heald, you know, around the, the nation um, or the world even. He has been just like in every facet of the game. I just sort of sit there with my jaw down thinking this guy looked nothing like this a year ago hat tip to him for working the way that he has. Um, I'd have healed in over Westbrook just based on the, the play. Uh, no problem. Um, so you're, you're good though. You, you, you don't, you don't have any bust takes for the West. Uh, I was just certainly not anybody saying that Draymond Green should be an all-stars either damn mind. Oh, hell no. I mean, they're, I mean, they're just, I mean, he's a very smart player and he knows how to, take up space when he drives and stuff like that he's still a decent playmaker but i mean any team that had any kind of focus on defense would make him shoot i mean the guy i mean they're everyone i mean the guy's play he's he can't hit a he can't eat a 15 foot jumper right now i mean he no way (laughs) he's he's got an interesting future ahead of him um let's shift to the east real quick we got chris middleton ben simmons nicole nikola vucevic Bradley Beal, Blake Griffin, Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo. Those are your reserves. You're going to get Victor Oladipo is going to have an injury replacement. So that will happen. Jimmy Butler, D'Angelo Russell, Pascal Siakam, and Serge Ibaka are mentioned as the snubs. I'll say, say this. I went through the entire East. Those are the only snubs I could come up with, like, even remotely. 
Like, yeah. And I don't uh, even know that, I mean, Siakam and Ibaka, you definitely don't expect them to make it. I mean, Ibaka's had a great season comparatively yeah. to what you would expect. Right. Siakam's still not a complete player or even right. close. This Russell stuff, like, I would put Jimmy Butler in for Oladipo. Uh, yeah. Butler can, over D'Angelo just... Russell, right? I mean, give me a break. Like, who are these people? He's had a like, great I month. Said... Like, let's get, I want to, I need to be, be real because a like, I've been the, the, I've been heading the D'Angelo Russell sucks train for about two years now. Oh, he's had a great month. The season started in October. Get, I mean, like, come on. Like, you know, I think, like, and I even I, would give him credit. I think when Spencer did when he got his deal, that he went, holy crap, like, this is all ending for me. You know, like, I'm, I'm the odd man out here, so I better be smart about what good. I do. That's a Congrats. good, that's, that's a. D'Angelo Russell's really turned a corner as a professional. We all knew we had talent. He's, he's gotten healthy, and he seems to be put it together. He's really focused. He's playing defense. He's making right decisions. He's not do- Why don't we just say that? To say that he's being snubbed as an all-star? Give me a break. Give me a break. He's had a good – it started in October, people. You know when he passes, he threw at people's feet? <laughs> like if you had like a highlight reel of a guy throwing a pass at somebody's foot because he did a no-look pass <laughs> – Double covered at someone's feet. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I just, but that's I, how bad the East is. I was looking at Kemba as the starter, and I was just like. He is it. Like, he's had a great year. This is his first all-star appearance. I mean, that's kind of what this Who? is. Com- Kemba, this is the, you know, yeah. the first all-star Absolutely. appearance, and he's like a lock starter. There's no question about it. He's a starter. I mean, maybe Bradley Beal. Uh, has an argument there. Poor Bradley. Well, uh, I think, you know, between the uh, the landscaper that decided to start at the beginning of the show outside of the uh, home office here, the landscaper that started, be- started at the beginning of the show, and then he's like, hey, I, f- I missed a spot. I'm going to come back and, uh, <laughs> and and hit at the end of the show. Aside from that and the internet connection getting really bad here, I think that will do it for the Cause and Brew show this week. Cause, this has been great. I think we should keep it up. Um, yes, it you can follow us online at hoop-ball.com and on Twitter at K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U show and on Facebook where I believe Cause is thinking about possibly posting something marginally related to basketball at facebook.com slash K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U show. Another one's in the books. Peace. Don't let Van Hooten out of jail. (laughs) 